Hola a todos y bienvenidos a Firme Cuentos y Arte Podcast. Yeah, that's right. We're back. We're still going. Not going anywhere. Why? Because we're here. We've always been here. We're going to be here. That's what it is. Calmas. Te calmo. We're here. So, yeah. Kind of going back to an earlier, another, uh, earlier episode, I had talked about my parents and kind of, you know, how they evolved, how they had to navigate through some issues that they had, not just in San Anto, but across the country, you know, and there's a little more story to, to my mom that you could say that placed her where she is now in the arts. A little more backstory that when she was when she was a child, she had a younger brother, and that younger brother he passed away when he was, if I remember correctly, about seven years old, and. Um, Her primitas, her primas, man, her 
cousins, they were about the same age. They also lived there in the courts, and they would visit like all the time. They went to the same schools. They were they were close. They were like sisters, essentially, and they were close. Even up to today, they're close. You know? That's my mom. Rebecca. And then you have her cousin, Virginia. And Virginia had a, a younger sister named Esther. Which, I'm sure you remember that name from one of my earlier uh, episodes. Esther and my mom working in that ice cream shop. <laughs> Fishing for the future. I'm sure you remember that one. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they grew up uh, as close as close can be, man. They inspired each other. They were there for each other. They were essentially like sisters. You know, they... Eventually, as as time went forward, <laughs> it was so funny. They they created what they, what my mom and what they all called the first cousin, the first cousins club, and they kept their monthly get together of going out to lunch from <laughs> from the time they were like, gosh, if I remember correctly, the time they were in their teens to like last month (laughs) yeah this whole time they've gotten together and they've kept that tradition and of course as they've gotten older it hasn't been that easy to to go out and see each other and of course with COVID coming into the world and slowing everybody down disconnecting people they have their lunch and they talk on the phone so they still have their first cousin's lunch. It just has to be my fault. And, um, you know, throughout this whole time, you know, even though my mom was an only child, she was never alone. She had that connection. She had that inspiration. She had that support. Of course, from her mom, but most importantly, from her cousins. You know, somebody that's close to her age that understood what she was going through understood what she's thinking, you know, that they could truly relate to her, they could truly connect with what it is that she's, she's gone through, and as she got older, you know, she'd always been a very expressive and creative person, but as she got older into the, I guess, into the, the high school years, that's when she started to draw and paint, and started to take classes like that, and she pursued that. She enjoyed that. She was very talented at that. Her cousins supported it. She would draw her cousins. She would paint them. And her senior year of high school, I remember her grandmother had become just I don't know what it was. I think something she had become very ill or she had become injured at work, something. I want to say it was an injury at work that she had hurt her hands and she couldn't 
she couldn't work anymore. She it was it was just too difficult. She just couldn't work anymore, so she had to stop. And it's the middle of my mom's senior year in high school that she thought, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do if you can't work? How are we gonna make money to you know to survive here? So that's when my mom chose to leave school to go to work. That's where she she started to work at at that ice cream shop. She had been working there for a little bit. She enjoyed it. And it gave her, you know, some freedom now. Instead of having to be in school all day, she was at work most of the day. But in the morning, she had time. That's where she enrolled in an art school. It's a school that still exists in San Anto today. It's, it's very different than how it originated. At the beginning, when the school was being organized, she joined, she started taking some classes and art classes, and that's what she decided that she wanted to pursue art, fine arts as a career. She knew it, that was it, it was her decision. She's working at the ice cream shop, taking care of her mom, she's back in school, and then the school that she was enrolled in, after about, I want to say after about a semester, they told her, you know, sent out letters and everything, and said they were changing the format of the school. She's like, she's reading this letter, and she's thinking, what do you mean you're changing the format of the school? She, she, she took it to her cousins to make sure that she was reading this right. And Virgie, our, she said that Virgie was so angry. And Virgie, she's a very outspoken person, very, very strong-willed person. She's like, no, 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 no. They can't just change the school because they want to. You paid, you enrolled, you're a student. They just can't kick you out. So, both Virgie and my mom went to the school to go talk to the office, the administration office, and go find out more about why what this letter meant. And, well, they told her, yes, we are changing the way we admit students. Um, this school is going to be just for men. That's all for male artists. And my mom said, well, what about women? Women can be artists. Yeah, we, we, I, I have a talent. I, this is my portfolio. What the hell? You know? And the person she was speaking to at the, the school said to her, well, no, no, no. No, you, you, you women should not be artists. It's a mistake when women are artists because they they don't know. And she's like, they don't know what. And the guy said, well, you know, they they can't be artists. They can't be creative like men can. And he went down this path that was just so wrong. 
and my mother had to listen to all of this, and Virgie, Virginia and Virgie, she was, oh, they were just pissed. I mean, they were like, what the hell? So they, you know, the meeting was done. They left angry. They went to, to Esther at work. My mom couldn't even go to work. She was just so angry. And she's like, this is so unfair. This is so unjust. Women can be artists. As good or better than any man. It's, you know, sex should not have any any place when it comes to expressing yourself. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or whatever. You express yourself and you are who you are. Those are the type of statements my mom was making back in the late 40s, early 50s. How gender has no bias. You know, it shouldn't matter. It's not a man's job. It's not a woman's job. It's, you know, it's just, it's a person's job. It's, it's to be done by a person, period. That's all that it is. And, and that was her, her take. That's been her take for the longest time. It still is today. It doesn't matter if you're a man, you're a woman, or what you identify as. You have a right to express yourself. And that's what her, her argument was. She went back to that school. She took that letter. She threw it on the desk. And that's exactly what she said. It doesn't matter what your gender is. Everybody has a right to express themselves, to create, to paint, to take photographs, to draw. And then she started listing all the women artists that have inspired her all the women artists that have succeeded. And she listed them all. She's like, now tell me they can't be artists. Tell them they can't be artists. Who are you to say that a woman can't be an artist? Still would not let her come back to the school. So then, at this point, you know, being angry, being hurt, did go to work, and then there was, there was some fool trying to talk to her, some dude with a fishing pole, and she's like, what do you want, she sat down by him, like, what do you want, and he says, I just want to talk, that's all, what's, what's on your mind, what are you thinking, and she just said, Everything. She's just like, this happened today. The school, this, that. You know, they... I can't go to the school there because they're only going to allow men there. And it's wrong. You know, think of... I mean, this women can be artists. And this woman that. And that artist this. And she just went on. Everything. The floodgate bust wide open. And this guy that didn't know he was going to get into this conversation was listening to all this stuff going on and he just sat there with his little fishing pole and then you know after my mom finished saying what she had to say she just looked at him and she's like I'm so sorry I I don't even know you and I'm I'm telling you you know all this and I'm so sorry and he just looked at her 
and he just said, well, sometimes that's all you need is just somebody to listen. I don't have an answer, but, well, if you want to paint, there's no one right here, right now, stopping you from painting. And he's just there with his fishing pole, and she just looked at him, and she's like, you know, I can be an artist. I don't need somebody to tell me I'm an artist. I don't need a damn piece of paper to tell me that I'm talented or that I'm an artist and that I can express myself. I don't need that. I don't need them. And he says, no. He said, you just need somebody to paint. (laughs) And maybe some brushes. And, you know, like a canvas. You just need that stuff. And they laughed. And then she says, you know, there aren't any fish in this water. And he was like, yeah, I know. And then she said, so, <laughs> and his men's okay, what are you doing, fool? Why are you fishing in a little river that doesn't have fish? What, what are you doing? And he says, well, I'm not really fishing. It may look like I'm fishing, but I'm not fishing. He had this confused look on her face like, what? (laughs) And then he just looked at her and he just, you know, took the fishing pole and he just kind of put it to the side. And he's like, you know, he says, I've been coming here every day just to see you smile. Just to see you make other people smile when you hand them that ice cream. You ever really looked at their faces when you hand them that ice cream? How excited they are how anxious they are, how much joy you bring them. I know it sounds stupid, and it's probably just an ice cream, but, but man, you know, on a good hot summer day, that ice cream feels so good. It could taste amazingly good. That can really make somebody's day. And well, I come up here so that you make my day you know with all the things going on coming back from being away from San Anto for so long he says it's not easy coming back to my family but for some reason I come here and I see you and I just feel like I'm home I see you and I see the joy you bring to all these people. Well, I'm one of them too. It just feels really good to be here and just talk with you. And my mom said, hey, you know, they just kind of held hands for a minute. And the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is family history. They enjoyed each other's company and they still do. my mom from what I understand my mom when she left work she went to Herwick's Art Supply and she picked up some canvases and she picked up some paints some new brushes because in all this fit of anger that she had I mean she 
threw things away. <laughs> she got really angry, you know. And um, so, yeah, she she picked up some new supplies. And she went back to that spot where, where my dad was fishing. And she sat there, you know, set up her canvas. She set up some paints to set herself up. And she just started painting the river. And painted that little scene of the river and the ice cream shop. Kids running around. Huge canopy. Pecan trees over them. Limestone wall that they sat on. And she just created this this scene and that was the first piece that she painted since they told her what they told her and since then she's just continued to paint whatever she wants however she wants and she's never looked back one of the things that she didn't do was she did not take this art this painting that she created she did not show it to other people. She did not share it with the rest of the world because in the back of her mind, she's still thinking, you know, a woman shouldn't be an artist, a woman shouldn't be an artist. And she thought, you know what? If that's what the world thinks, then you know what? I will still paint, I will still make, I will still create but it's for me. So that's what she did. She continued to paint. She continued to draw. And she just kept all the paintings for herself. And she enjoyed them. And she looked at them. And she taught herself. She improved. And that's how she continued to pursue the arts for herself. Yeah, it wasn't about making art to sell it to make money. She didn't have to, to do that. That really wasn't even her interest to make any money with art. She never had that that interest. But instead, her interest was just to express, just to create. Nothing to do with profiting and showing and, and stuff like that. Public art projects. No, she just never had that. She never wanted that. She just wanted to express herself. And that's exactly what she did. She just went ahead and continued to to paint and express and create. And, um, yeah. And later, as time would go by, she'd continue with her creative expression. And by the time... I was born in the early 70s she again still continued her work and she taught me she taught me about composition she taught me about the symbolism of color and what they mean when you compose with colors she taught me (laughs) she taught me how to blend and draw with charcoals when I was a kid and I still love that 
She taught me about papers, different texture of paper. She taught me how to stretch canvas, how to build the frame and stretch the canvas and and make your own canvases because that's what she eventually did. And just, that's everything, yeah. She taught me how to apply Marshall's oils to black and white photographs to put color on them and how to fix photographs that had been scratched or damaged. Not, and I don't mean in Photoshop. No, we're talking, we're talking actual real pictures, how to restore actual photographs. And, you know, that was just a really interesting thing to learn. And um, so, yeah. So this, this guy that told my mom that she couldn't be an artist, well, she was an artist. <laughs> And she taught me so much about about what art means and what it means to express yourself in a creative fashion. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of the the technical work from my mom, but I got all the creative work from her. On the technical side, when it came to photography, that came from my dad that's another another episode (laughs) yeah but yeah my mom she she ended up being an artist and she still is she's still part of the first cousins club she still keeps in contact with them even though it's just down to her and Esther yeah they keep their traditions alive. It's one thing about Hente. They really hold on to traditions. Yeah. And they start new traditions. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that's, I don't know, I kind of like about who I am and my family, where we come from is that we have our family traditions. I mean, there are lots of family traditions. I personally feel every family has some sort of tradition. Of some sort, something. But, yeah. Those little things mean a lot. When you pass them down generation to generation. And, yeah. It's pretty interesting. So yeah, that's that's a little more story on what inspired me as an artist. And of course, there's still more to come because I'd rather save some for other episodes. <laughs> if not, I'll tell you everything in one episode that'll be hours long. But I don't think you'd want to sit down for hours long and listen to me. So anyhow, we'll come back again and we'll talk some more about cultura, about arte, about Chicanoism, what are some of the challenges we've had as, as people, as creatives, you know, some of the things that, that have come to me or my family has experienced, I'm sure many of you have, 
I'm sure many of you have come across those walls of you can't do this, you can't be that. Yeah, you don't belong here. Yeah, I'm sure many of you have experienced, or or your family, your parents, your aunts, uncles, I'm sure they've experienced something similar to this. I'm sure they have. Yeah, it's not unique. But it's these stories that they need to be told. They need to be shared. So that as a community, as a bigger family, we can connect and realize, you know what, we're not alone. I'm not the only person in the world that's ever been told, we don't serve your kind here. No, you're not. I've been told that. My parents have been told that. My grandparents have been told that. Yeah. And sadly, it's going to continue for our future generations. Unless, unless we start making some changes. Yeah, it's not just us. It's the community around us. How do we engage with that community? What can we do to inspire that community to see us, to understand us, to accept us? What do we have to do? Well, that's another episode as well. (laughs) So I say to you, thank you for being a part of the series the first year and you know I appreciate everybody that has been listening I appreciate you folks coming and listening being a part of this and there's more to come there's a lot more to come I still have my my father's story to get into my two brothers my two sisters my aunts my uncles my wife or her family my kids and there's still more that I've experienced in my life that I have to share and then you got other people's (laughs) yeah you got other people people that are from San Anto people that are are not they're from the valley down in Texas they're from the valley here in Spokane some are not even from Spokane but grew up here so yeah, you know, you've got you've got a, a lot of a lot of cuentos coming to you. <laughs> oh yeah. Lots of cuentos coming. So in all this I I say thank you and we'll be talking with you again. Bueno. <laughs>